obviously, the rabbit must have been Crusader Rabbit. Or who else would have thought of such a wonderful idea? Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's the Black Case Diaries. We're back at it again. <laughs> What's up? Can't keep us down. That's right. I'm Adam. I'm here with... Marcy. And Robin. Yeah. Woo! Woo! <laughs> so, today... We have a very fun episode that I'm excited to talk about. Picture it. You're in second grade, coming off a rigorous school week. <laughs> you open your eyes to a quiet house on Saturday morning and sneak downstairs. No one else is awake, and the TV is all yours. You have a seat with a bowl of cereal. You turn on your favorite Saturday morning cartoon. If you grew up in the 1960s, maybe you watched Miguel Gorilla. Or the Flintstones, or Johnny Quest. If you were a '90s kid, like us, uh-huh. maybe you watched Captain Planet, Recess, or the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No matter the programming, Saturday morning cartoons was a tradition that spanned nearly six decades. It's a shared experience by children of multiple generations, which makes it pretty special. Absolutely. Today we will discuss the history of the Saturday morning cartoon and highlight some of our favorites from our childhood. We will not be able to cover many shows from other decades, but maybe we will do... Maybe oh. maybe we'll do like a... Yeah, maybe we'll do a follow-up episode sometime. Yeah. yeah. There's so many, and they're all like worthy of their own points and you know discussion, but mm-hmm. oh, we'd be here all... Yeah. We'd be here for another six decades. <laughs> 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 what do we mean by Saturday morning cartoon, huh? Well, it's pretty self-explanatory, right? I mean, a cartoon on Saturday morning, <laughs> usually between uh, 8 a.m. and noon. It's a tradition that's gone on for a heck of a long time, started in the late 1950s and all the way up to the late 1990s, as we mentioned. And there are still a few cartoons running on those big networks, but uh, not very many anymore. Yeah, it's it's kind of a tradition that has died unfortunately yeah it's not I, I wouldn't say it's totally dead but it is a little bit the the experience of waking up like like you know you described in the morning going downstairs just turning on the tv and whatever's on the channel you're just watching that experience not even just for saturday morning cartoons for tv in general is really kind of disappearing yeah mm-hmm. yeah if you look at the schedules of the networks nowadays, there's a lot more news or t- normal TV, reality <laughs> TV, I guess, stuff like that, with a few cartoons sprinkled in here and there. Like, I think s- there's still, I don't really know. I don't. I guess I don't know a lot of the <laughs> modern cartoons. That I, yeah. They're sprinkled in there, but they're kind of set on right. certain other channels now. And with cable channels, you have, like, Cartoon Network has most all the cartoons. Then you have Nickelodeon has all the Nickelodeon-owned properties. And then Disney, you know, same thing. So it's not very often that you're going to just turn on NBC or CBS and then you see a cartoon. Unless it's Christmas time and it's a Christmas cartoon special. True, true. So, yeah, it's it's a tradition that's kind of going away. And, you know, that's bittersweet. I mean... With the with the increased technology that we have today, the fact that you can call up any show that you enjoy on a whim and watch what you want instead of watching what's, what's available, I mean, for a lot of people, that's an improvement. That's the ideal mm-hmm. way to do it. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. that's not 
and I, I think that, so in some ways it's sad, in some ways it's, you know, progress. Yeah, we, we've talked about it before, how there's something to catching it live, you know, or, or seeing it as it's happening. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a little bit of a sad thing where you don't get yeah. to wake up every Saturday to catch the latest episode of yeah your favorite show. It was kind of like, these are the shows that were meant for me, and I'm going to go downstairs and I'm going to watch them. And it'll be like my time, you know, because mm-hmm. kids don't always feel like things are theirs because really they're not. They're children. They don't really own stuff. And, you know, especially when you have lots of siblings and you have to share everything. Right. Yeah. You're not old enough to buy your own stuff. That yeah. Kind of, yeah. You yes. Yeah. See all those commercials and want all the things. Want <laughs> everything. Exactly. Exactly. So it, it's a really cool experience for kids. It was really cool for kids to have that experience and, you know, sneaking out of bed early in the morning while your parents are still asleep. Something special about having the house to yourself. You know, you mm-hmm. feel like a grown up because mm-hmm. no one's watching you and, you know, that that kind of thing. Well, that's anyway, <laughs> uh, we're going to we're going to go a little bit into the history of Saturday morning cartoons because it's, it's a, like we said, it's a pretty old uh, tradition. So the the first cartoon produced for television aired in 1950 uh, was called Crusader Rabbit. It consisted of five-minute-long episodes and ran for three seasons, uh, created by Alexander Anderson and Jay Ward. Its main characters were Crusader Rabbit and his sidekick, Raglan T. Tiger, or Rags. Yeah. What a cute little cartoon. It sounds adorable. I've yes. never seen it, but Me I'm neither. sure it's really cute. <laughs> I yeah. mean, with those names. Of course, Ragland. Yeah. That's a good name. It'd be a good name for like a stuffed tiger. That, <laughs> that would be have. a heck of a reference, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. it'd be cute. So in the late 1940s, a producer named Jerry Fairbanks sold NBC on a new concept. A cartoon meant only for television. Up to this point... All of the cartoons that were airing on television were originally created for theaters and shown in movie theaters as shorts, and then they were taken and repurposed and then put on TV, mm-hmm. kind of cut and, you know, changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the, the reasons that there it hadn't been done yet was because it took a lot of time. In, you know, animation was really hard to do back then, and it was expensive. <laughs> yeah. And so doing it every week. <sighs> oh, yeah. You know, we <laughs> talked about how hard it was to do a half-hour Charlie Brown special, mm-hmm. and that took them several months to do. Yeah. So imagine doing a half-hour block of cartoons in the same time period. It would have been. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. I mean, no surprise that this show was only five minutes. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's, I mean. Exactly. It's about all you can do. <laughs> really, yeah. I can't imagine. So, since the days of radio broadcasts, the peak time for children to tune in was between 10 a.m. and noon on Saturdays. And so, networks were actually, they had already planned programming for this time period. And as, you know, older adults might tell you, like, for example, my dad, cartoons were not the only thing that they showed during this time period. You would also watch things like Captain Kangaroo, a very, very popular children's television show that was live action. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of local networks had their own specific shows. Like in Zanesville, I think they had Flippo the Clown. I think they might have been, he might have been in other places too. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I I remember Land of the Lost was another live action one that aired around the same time. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, so they were already planning child-friendly 
stuff for this time block, but this was the first time somebody was like, well, what about... What about a cartoon? What about we make a cartoon <laughs> specifically for this time slot? <laughs> yeah. Even though Crusader Rabbit was moderately successful, many networks stuck with kid-friendly live-action programs instead. So for a while, he the Crusader thing existed, but... Wasn't a huge, huge smash hit. It wasn't like it caught on. It yeah. wasn't like other networks saw that and went, you know what? We should do that, too. They yeah. went, that looks like a lot of work. <laughs> and complicated. And it's really cheap to just have a child studio audience. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody being funny. Yes, or... so th- that's way more, th- that's way easier. We're just going to stick with that because we know it's popular and we mm-hmm. know people want Howdy Doody. Yeah. We'll give them Howdy Doody. <laughs> and we make money on it, so yeah. we'll keep that. <laughs> The success of Crusader Rabbit inspired many more television cartoon character packages, and Jay Ward would even go on to produce the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. It's a huge, super successful successful one. Yeah, that if, show oh yeah. that show's so big. I almost want to say we should do one episode about that whole show. What do you think? I mean, uh, absolutely. Hell maybe yeah. hell yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll uh, tune in tune in next time. <laughs> tune in next week yeah, to find see, out. <laughs> see if we're gonna do a Rocky and Bullwinkle episode. Yeah, it would be great. Until the late 1960s, a number of Saturday morning cartoons were reruns of animated series originally made for prime time, like we mentioned before. The first true Saturday morning cartoon was that of Mighty Mouse Playhouse. Everybody knows who Mighty Mouse is, mm-hmm. right? It's a famous character now. Mighty Mouse was a gamble, though, when it first came out. CBS took a risk on this one back when they brought it to their Saturday morning lineup in 1955. But it was an incredible success, and it is now it's credited as one of the cartoons that really sprung Saturday morning cartoons in general forward and made it much more popular and sought after. The character first appeared in 1942 in many theatrical films, but was really brought into the mainstream by TV. Mighty Mouse Playhouse ran on CBS from for 12 very successful seasons, which is a lot. Yeah. And it actually had a heck of a lot of movies, too. I remember doing the research, it said something like 80 films <laughs> with Mighty Mouse in it, and I'm Ooh. like, you've got to oh be gosh. kidding me. In order to cut costs, animators made sure to use cost-cutting techniques that would also save a lot of time when they made these cartoons. Hanna-Barbera was well-known for these techniques. They would often use similar character models for shows, designed characters with wide collars so they could easily animate them turning their heads. So it was a very difficult thing to animate. And they would only move characters' mouths when they were talking with nothing else moving in the frame. So sometimes you would just see a character's face and then you just see their mouth moving, you know, like the whole face is static, Mm -hmm. just a mouth moving. Yeah. And yeah. You can see it in, you can see the likeness of a lot of these cartoons with examples, Flintstones, Jetsons, Yogi Bear. And sometimes they wouldn't even animate the head turning from left to right. Mm -hmm. They would just, they would just cut. Yes, cut it, yes. They cut them facing. They're now looking well, wait, this no, way. Now they're, now they're just, it just cuts ah, to the next next yeah. direction. Yep. So, yeah, they're well known. You can watch any cartoon from this time period <laughs> and know if it was a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. they, had, they had a style and they stuck with it. 
because it worked and they needed to churn out a lot of stuff very quickly tricky 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 yeah and i think they did a good job because there are so many of them and they all have such memorable characters and they're like pretty mainstream now like i say flintstones and everybody knows everyone knows knows who yogi bear is there's a modern stone age family yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) from the town of bedrock and the Jetsons, I think they still yeah. use some of those characters for commercials. Absolutely, and- especially when the bo- when Boomerang came around. Do you guys oh, yeah. remember when Boomerang came out not that yeah. long ago? They used all of those characters as their advertising because, mm-hmm. sure, they threw in some Looney Tunes, Tom and Jerry, got some other Cartoon Network shows in there, but there were a lot of Hanna Barbera cartoons in there, <laughs> uh-huh. and they're still on there. Darn it! <laughs> yep. I wish they would be somewhere else so I could watch them. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. Where animation might have been lacking, these shows made up for with wit. The shows were well written with some adult humor to appeal to the whole family. You know, the Flintstones were pretty well known for having a lot of double entendres. Mm-hmm. You know, have, having some things that kids yeah. wouldn't really pick up on. Yeah. Some of my favorite bits from that show are when they use like a dinosaur as like a household item or a yes. utensil or, or a t- something like that like a prehistoric elephant a mammoth or something is the vacuum sucking up yeah. all the dirt and, it, and then it looks to the camera is like oh vey or something yeah. like that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i love those bits scooby-doo mm-hmm. you know the idea where it was just like it's the same model every episode the same thing happened <laughs> every time but yet it was so interesting and yeah. so yeah, you know it was such a good, such a big hit. They did a good job with just enough mystery to where it felt a little spooky, mm-hmm. you know, but it wasn't scary. Yeah, and you're able to solve it. It's never a real monster mm-hmm. until they get to the movies, I guess, because yeah. Scooby Doo is one of the franchises that I think has gone even beyond like a Flintstones mm-hmm. because. I don't think there's been a Flintstones reboot ever. There have no. been like 12 no. Scooby-Doo's. Yeah, there's so many <laughs> yeah. Scooby-Doo's. There was even, I believe, a movie with Kiss. They did an animated Oh, yeah, they'd always Kiss have movie. like yeah. celebrity cameos. Yeah, they would animate. Yeah, Laurel and Hardy are in an episode of really? Scooby-Doo. Really? I oh love that God. stuff. There was one with the Globetrotters. Mm-hmm. Actually, there's oh, several, I think, with the Globetrotters. That's because the Globetrotters had their own show kind of running along the same time, so it was easy to cross mm-hmm. over. I found that out in some research. I had no idea. Uh, I was like, why the Harlem might... Globetrotters? Yeah, why, why are the Globetrotters <laughs> randomly in Scooby-Doo? I always love those episodes too. They're like great. seeing the characters interact with new people. Yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna talk about we've got a few shows right here that Adam chose. Yay. That yeah. we're gonna talk about because these are ones that we watched when we were kids and like we said before, maybe we'll do maybe we'll do an episode in the future where we focus on older Saturday morning cartoons, depending on how this goes. Right. So if you like it, let us know, please. Yeah. Um, but yeah, these are a little bit, a little bit newer on the on the newer side. So we're gonna start with a show that aired on ABC called Pepper Ann. Oh hell yeah! You guys remember <laughs> Pepper Ann? Yes, I do. I remember Pepper Ann. She's, She's like one in a million. Too cool for school. She is the best. She is the best. It's a great show that is actually 
I think I'd say pretty underrated as far as cartoons go. It's it's kind of a shame because it, it is a show that seemed to really only air on Saturday mornings uh-huh. and it was kind of so I feel like not as many people watched it as they should have. Yeah. But I still think a lot of people our age remember Pepper Ann. Yeah. There's something she was so average. <laughs> and so, you know, there's trying yeah. so hard to be cool though. Yeah, there there's something uh, that we all can identify with with Pepper yeah. Ann. Yeah. One of the things that really sticks with me is the character designs. The, the head of character design actually went on to create Codename Kids Next Door. And if you can picture that, yeah. then you know what Pepper Ann looks like because they're they're very similar. Now that you say that, I can totally see that. It clicks in my mind. Um, yeah. Tom Warburton was the uh, was the guy who did that, and he went on to make Kids Next Door, which is pretty great. Yeah. But anyways, it was created by Sue Ross and aired on Disney's one Saturday morning on ABC. And new episodes ran until the year 2000 and reruns for another year after that. All right, hold on. We got to talk about one Saturday morning. Because <laughs> you, you said it, so we have to talk about okay, it. Okay, let's do it. So when I was a kid, <laughs> this is like, this is Robin's story time. I'm sorry. No. So when I was a kid and I woke up alone to watch Saturday morning cartoons, because I used to do it with my siblings. They got a little older and, you know. And so then I... I got up in the morning, and I was too short to see the top of the cable box, so I had to memorize where the uh, buttons were based on where how they felt. Nice. And I remember Channel 6 was ABC, and I, I'd get up early on Saturdays, as early as I could, and I'd turn on Channel 6, and uh, you know, if I was really lucky, I got up in time to watch the one Saturday morning intro. Do you guys remember it? <laughs> It was like a paper, and it like flew through a factory one oh, Saturday morning. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I do. That rings a bell hard. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. It was this really cool intro, and it, I think it, it was at 7 in the morning because it, mm-hmm. they said it was five hours yeah. instead of fours. Five hours a summer, once a <laughs> week. Right? <laughs> you guys, I don't know if you... Vaguely. I'd be right, I guess. Well, I, no, I don't know. Whatever. whatever. It's over now, so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that that was what Pepper Ann was on, and I so I watched it on that, and also like Disney's Doug and other things, right? But right. yeah, such a nostalgic thing yeah. ingrained in your mind. Yeah, I get that. Here's a cool thing that I found during my research: that Pepper Ann was the first animated television series for Disney that was created by a woman, all the way until 2015. The second show to be created was Star versus the Forces of Evil. Oh. That's a good one. Which is like I think still running. Yeah. Or or had just recently ended. I'm but yeah. Yeah, I was hoping it would be like a good one. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> Disney's produced less than stellar animated Absolutely. shows before. So. Some some quick ones that. Uh, yeah. But that's huh. crazy to me. Yes. Because yeah. there's now it's like you know I wouldn't I wouldn't say half but like a lot. More shows created by women, and not yeah. just cartoons, too. But, like, that, it took, it was that long of a gap between the first one and the second one. That's crazy to me. Yeah, that is really crazy. The show, the the show is a comedy about a 12-year-old Pepper Ann who manages to put put other kids off by her slightly nerdy behavior and her, uh, just her whole, like, 
I don't know, Demeter? averageness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's, yeah bad things are always happening <laughs> yep, to her. Yep. She, she tends to get into situations where she has to choose something and then tends to choose wrong a lot of times <laughs> and then deals with those consequences after. But, you know, it all works out in the end because it's a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> I remember very specifically the Christmas special. Where this her, episode yes about hanukkah and mm-hmm. christmas where yeah. we find her parents her mother celebrates hanukkah and her father celebrates christmas and i don't remember if they were separated or were they okay so she goes to her dad's for christmas and it's like sweet like she gets this really sweet video game yeah, yeah. and like all this really because on christmas you can spend more money on one gift mm-hmm. but on hanukkah you know it's like that's the whole thing right she goes to her mom mom's and it's like eight nights of gifts yeah but they're all like socks and mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know it's one of those shows that goes into some like fairly serious topics like having separated parents, mm-hmm. and and she's not the only one at the school who has separated parents. The the her guy friend from Hawaii, his parents are also separated. His dad still lives in Hawaii, and all that stuff. It's just like not many other cartoons touch on that stuff. You know, it it it's pretty cool when that does happen, especially when it's done well. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean it. Is definitely I, I remember connecting to the show a lot. I loved the theme song. The main <laughs> character had red hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Sounds like her friend had blonde hair. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there were, she's incredibly awkward, and I definitely I connect with that. Yeah. For no reason at all. I I feel very Pepper Annie sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially in. in this scenario where she's just starting middle school, so you yeah. can imagine how how very difficult it must be. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last thing we'll say is Pepper Ann was voiced by Kathleen Wilhout. Will something like that? Perfect. Um, she's been in a couple of other things. She did some voices for Family Guy, and she was in Twin Peaks. Oh, nice. Um, nice. Girl Girls, that kind of stuff. So. Nice, good voice. It, it, it's she. She did a great job of making Pepper Ann like obviously a recognizable voice for the show, but yeah, raspy kind of I mean, like just like a nerd. That was the past elementary school. I hadn't perfected my look yet. This year, I've got it down. A little Gretchen esque from Recess. Yep. Speak yes. of the devil. <laughs> We're going to move on to the next show here, another ABC show that I don't think was Disney necessarily, but it kind of is now. Kind of, They've taken it. Recess. Recess. Woo. I love this. I love this show. So <laughs> this show was created by Paul Germain and Joe Anselabert. Wow, nailed it, I think. I hope. <laughs> Recess premiered in 1997 on ABC as part of the One Saturday Morning Block, and it ran for six seasons. Hell yeah. Very nice. The show was successful enough to be syndicated to other channels, including Toon Disney, which is now Disney XD, and the Disney Channel. Recess follows the lives of six fourth graders. Theodore Jasper, TJ Detweiler, so he went by TJ... Vince LaSalle. Yeah. Ashley Spinelli. Sp- yes, Ashley Spinelli. Mikey Bloomberg. 
Gretchen Grundler, and Gus Griswold as they go about their days at Third Street Elementary School. I like the characters were so specific. And you could just, like, you look at a character and you'd be like, that's my character. Mm-hmm. That's the character that I identify with the most. And I, I loved that about the show. It yeah. was really, you know. And uh, it, it reminded me a lot of, I don't know why, maybe, it reminded me a lot of Hey Arnold. Yeah. yeah at the time. Okay. Yeah, just kind of that. It's like, oh, they're at school a lot. In Hey Arnold, they go to home. But in recess, they're pretty much at the school. Yeah. Constantly. Right. right. The, all the hijinks in it it was crazy all the different yeah. interactions that all the kids did and yeah. had and uh, the one character oh gosh which one was it that used to be like the lackey for the teacher i would like oh tell yeah on everybody um, his name was randall randall i think the funniest thing is that he looked like a uh office guy because he had a pocket protector <laughs> yeah yeah and then the king of the yeah king, <laughs> like king bob king bob <laughs> yeah he was a sixth grader know. so he ruled kinda... over the whole playground yeah i really liked tj mm-hmm. yes. i identified with tj a lot mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With the backwards hat uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> yep that's their character designs are so great like you said they you could just look at them and you kind of get an idea of what they're about Mm-hmm. And and the clothes really help with that. Um, <laughs> Spinelli has like the leather jacket on, and uh, Gretchen has you know just a dress with her her big glasses and and stuff like that. So you kind of get an idea yeah. right just by looking at it. And then I think the the popular girls or the two Ashleys or something. Yeah, like yeah, I, I I don't hip. remember something like that. But yeah, or, or Vince for example wearing a jersey. Uh, yeah forever that's yeah yeah i remember like i I just love like the way tj spoke about things Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know and he would say he would say tender just such a (laughs) weird thing for a kid to say yeah yeah even like tender like (laughs) yeah whenever something was really good and this womps he'd say that (laughs) (laughs) something was bad this womps (laughs) that's great let's bring that one back i like that one Man, this one. So, do you guys remember the episode where they find a hundred dollars? Oh no, I don't. That's the one that always stuck. Me with neither. Uh-uh. He, they find a hundred dollars and they all like imagine what they're gonna do with it. Oh. And they all think like TJ imagines like getting a jet pack. Because <laughs> like these kids have no concept of how much money one hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds like so much to them. Yeah, like this rich person just like dropped a hundred dollars on the on the sidewalk, and they all, and I think they return at the end or whatever. And yeah, yeah, it's it's a really funny episode because it's like you have that perspective of a child. Yeah, yeah, so. that's pretty great. Yeah, but I I love how at the same time the the playground is like got this whole society about it. You know the. It's like a mini real world in, mm. in on the playground. Yep. Like they yeah. have a king, right? Yes. King yes. Bob decreeing king these Bob. things, and and I believe is this the same show where the kinder kindergartners are yeah. like the kindergartners are like, like little, little. Oh my gosh, I forgot <laughs> yes, about that. Yes, they uh, 
They've got like face paint. Yes. Yeah, okay. They are, and they're they're like always like at war yeah, or something. Okay. They're like That's little it. literal hellions. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't remember if this was recess or not, but mm-hmm. yeah, it, it all matters yeah. what grade you're in. And yes. that's it. Yeah. King Bob is the sixth grader, so mm-hmm. that's why he gets to rule. He's the oldest. Yep. And then if you're a fourth grader, like like the main characters, you don't even matter. Mm-hmm. It's like, what the heck? Why are you being so real I about love, it? Uh, God, yeah. I love the specific characters. Upside Down Girl, Swinger Girl, mm-hmm. kid, the characters that are always doing the same. The Digger Kid, the Digger yes, Boys. Yes, I was yeah. just thinking about the Digger ones. <laughs> I think they had like a pile of tires or something yeah. that they seemed to almost like live in. But that was the Ashleys. Oh, that was the oh, the, yeah. the Ashleys had a clubhouse. That's right. That's what we find uh, out that Spinelli's first name is Ashley. Whoa. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, oh my gosh. But yeah, that's such a cool concept for a TV show. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. The, the theme song is very, it resembles the beginning of the main theme in the movie The Great Escape. The beginning of the two themes are very similar. It takes place in a prison camp. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's um, right. A prisoner of war camp, you know, and, and the the theme is so similar to this. And mm-hmm. it's a very obvious, like, they they were inspired because it's kind of, that's kind of what the schoolyard is. <laughs> it's a little bit like a, like a prison, you know, but like, this is your wreck time. This is your time where you get to play around and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yep. when we go back inside, be serious again. Yep. Right. Robin and I seem to identify with this show because our playground when we were younger in like fifth grade and younger, there wasn't a fence or anything. Yeah. We we used to dream up. We were like, man, if we just turn that corner around the school and just walked away. We no, dreamed about running just, away man. all the time. We could, just, uh, <laughs> we could just do that. Nobody would notice. Probably too much. We probably... <laughs> yeah. But we did. We dreamed about it all the time. We always thought, like, man, we could just walk away and no one would know. And But I don't know where we'd go after that. Oh, yeah, so. I know. We always <laughs> knew there was no step two, so that was why we didn't yeah. do it. We were like, well, we don't know what else. We'd... Yeah. Yeah. We, we were uh, spar- smart enough to know. To that, not yeah. do it. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, but it was so tempting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to go home. It was good to think about, you know. But, yeah. yeah. Every time we he lived too far away from school, I guess. Yep. Mm-hmm. But but just close enough to to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, that's a great show, and it had a movie. I think after yes. after a little while. Recess schools out. Yeah, that's the yep. one. That's the one, and it's probably you could probably find it on Disney Plus at this point. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. TJ was voiced by Andrew Lawrence. Vince was voiced by Ricky Deshaun Collins. Spinelli was voiced by Pamela Adlon. Mikey was voiced by Jason Davis. Gretchen by Ashley Johnson. And Gus by Cortland Mead. Nice. So, scooting along here down the list, we're going to go to a Fox show, Fox slash WB Animaniacs. Yay! You guys remember Animaniacs? Yeah, I do. There's yeah. Angel to the Max. Mm-hmm. And they've <laughs> got baloney in their slacks, I think, at one point. <laughs> but uh, Animaniacs was created by Tom Rugger. It's the second animated series produced by Steven Spielberg's Amblin Entertainment in association with Warner Bros. 
So Amblin Entertainment's got a lot of cool stuff going on. It does. Yeah. Um, too bad their animation department didn't last too long. No. But yeah. uh, but hey, they got this show out, and that's pretty cool. Um, it started out as like a piece of Tiny Toon Adventures. You guys remember Tiny Toon? Yes. Mm, and they I went do. to the Acme uh, University. Yeah. <laughs> he also did the Pinky and the Brain too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. All kind of. They all kind of feel like they're part of the same. Yes. They're, they're all the same show. Yeah. 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 Um, and I I feel like that's done on purpose, mm-hmm. especially with Animaniacs. Because they live in the Warner Brothers Tower. Yeah. And, like, they're on set. Like, they're bugging all the people who are making the real movies, quote, unquote. <laughs> you know. So the the show first aired on Fox as part of its Fox Kids before moving to, the, uh, to WB. It initially ran a total of 99 episodes in one movie. Nice. Which is very satisfying. Mm-hmm. Yes. Most episodes composed of three-ish short movies mini episodes uh each starring a different cast of characters think like a saturday night live kind of thing it's kind mm-hmm. of a sketch show um hallmarks of the series include its music memorable catchphrases celebrity caricatures and humor directed at more adult audiences mm-hmm. and you can if you look up uh, there's some memes that float around every oh, once yeah. in a while that use animaniacs and i mean you can see why it's aimed a little bit at those older audiences um, and apparently a reboot was announced. I didn't know this until I did my research. Oh. Um, a reboot was talked about in in 2018 and supposedly supposed to start airing on Hulu this year. No. But that should be interesting. But also at the same time, <laughs> why? Yep. <laughs> but um, what do you guys like about Animaniacs? What do you remember? I remember it was educational. In some yeah. in some places it was weirdly yeah, yeah. it had like education like the state song mm-hmm. mm. the state song that they sang in the in the Animaniacs remember that like mm-hmm. there's a president song I think yeah there, there's a states presidents and countries yeah and they, it's like da 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 and he's pointing at all the yep. countries on the map yeah. and like, how do you d- how <laughs> yes <laughs> it's it's crazy to think you memorize all those uh all the countries but yeah yeah i got states and presidents memorized but countries yeah leap. yeah that's too many there's too many countries yeah but it, what i love about this show is just i mean they're zany to the max they say yeah. it right in the they say it right at the beginning it's so out there they can do whatever they want because they're yeah. specific they admit that they're animated like they're so they break the fourth wall in that way so they can just bring in celebrities from the warner brothers lot whoever they want and just yeah do wacky wacky stuff i remember how fast-paced it was too it's very yeah. fast-paced it, yeah. it's like i started i watched it as an adult a little bit and i was kind of blown away by how fast yeah and it, it really had a lot of that looney tune kind of humor and and yeah, like the pace. It's it's just so quick. Think physical humor, get bopped on the head all the time, and mm-hmm. lots of whoops and bangs and whistles. And <laughs> I mean, it's it's it'll take your breath away if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Agreed. I liked how her name was the most like normal. <laughs> like, you know, oh, you got, yeah. oh yeah, Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. <laughs> yeah. Like, yep. Sounds about right. <laughs> she always seemed to kind of be in charge of them, too. Yeah. She was, like, kind of leading the pack. Yeah. It, it, it. The dynamic of the group kind of made it 
feel like Yakko was supposed to be the leader. Mm-hmm. He, he, I think he was the oldest and he was the tallest. But it never worked out that way. Yeah. <laughs> Dot always ended up being like in control and like yeah. the rational one in a lot of scenarios. Um, but yeah, she she always had control and was able to like straighten those boys out. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then Wacko, I guess, was the the weirdest one. Right. Right. He had the baloney in his slacks and the backwards hat. And <laughs> um, but uh, the voices. Are so a couple of pretty famous voice actors actually. In this case, Yakko was voiced by Rob Paulson, who does a heck of a lot of voices. He's also um, Pinky, mentioned ah. him, Pinky in the Brain. Wacko uh, was voiced by Jess Harnell, who does a lot of stuff. He's currently Crash Bandicoot, which is a great little fact that I like to, <laughs> to remember. And Dot, voiced by Tress McNe- McNeil. These these three in particular are all over. Those cartoons that we said are all in the same like <laughs> universe. The they're all the same show. These three are all over it. So speaking of Warner Brothers and Looney Tunes, we're gonna kind of. I mean, we're not. It's hardly even moving on. We're just gonna talk longer <laughs> about it because the Bugs Bunny show, which is basically Looney Tunes, we all know it as Looney Tunes now because that's kind of the name that stuck. So. This show went by uh, a whole lot of names, <laughs> so. Um, but the Bugs Bunny show was one of them. Uh, the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner Hour, the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner Show, which I mean, what's the difference there? Yeah. The Bugs Bunny Looney Tunes Comedy Hour, <laughs> or uh, the Bugs Bunny and Tweety Show. Just call it Looney Tunes. For yeah. goodness' sake! <laughs> it's such a Looney Tunes is a great name. Just call it Looney Tunes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's why they've since done that. When they say, like, Looney Tunes back in action. or Oh, my God. Looney Tunes back in action, the cinematic classic. Yeah, so good. <laughs> or Space Jam featuring the Looney Tunes. You know, it's not... <laughs> they don't have to worry too much right. about all that stuff anymore. Even though I, I I find it a little weird. I I guess that means that Roadrunner and Tweety were, like, the next most popular ones. Yeah, they must have been. Maybe. I, I Tweety is very popular. Yeah. With yeah. especially with like girls merchandising. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when we were kids? Yes, I Tweety do. was everywhere. It, on, yeah. He was on folders. On our on, sheets. Yeah, yeah, sheets. I probably backpacks, mm-hmm. um, pencil cases. I thought Tweety was a girl. Yeah. yeah. Forever because it was on all the girl merchandising yeah. when we were kids. And do you guys do you remember there being a lot of them where Tweety looked kind of angry? Or grumpy, yeah, kinda. yeah. Or like with his arms folded yes. like this. Yes. And my like, sister had a sweatshirt what? specifically of Tweety with his arms folded, mm-hmm. like that's... kind of looking mad. He had like a backwards hat on too, I think. Yeah, it's like well, that's not <laughs> Tweety's character at all. Yeah, it was like they they redesigned him for for some attitude. I guess yeah. in the nineteen nineties. I, I know they did that with Taz, Tasmanian Tiger, or mm-hmm. Tasmanian Devil. Sorry. Um, yeah. A lot too. He, I've mm-hmm. seen pictures of him with like a backwards hat and stuff too. But, yeah, yeah. But it's kind of strange. It's interesting. The show was originally broadcast as a primetime half hour on ABC in 1960, featuring theatrical Looney Tunes cartoons with some new linking sequences, hosted by Bugs Bunny, um, produced by Warner Brothers, which is pretty neat. So he's like the host of the show, which is why it was called the Bugs Bunny Show. Um, after two seasons, the Bugs Bunny Show moved to Saturday mornings. 
So we're talking about it. Where it remained for nearly 40 years. Wow. Damn. And you can, you kind of get that, you know, it's obvious that it's long lasting because, I mean, Looney Tunes are everywhere still. I mean, they're not as popular as they used to be, to be fair, but like. Everybody knows who they are. Yeah. Like we just mentioned, everybody, everybody knows who they are. Yeah, they're iconic. They are. Up there with like top characters, you think Mickey Mouse, Pikachu, Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny. Mm -hmm. Up there for, absolutely. Top, top five, top three. In 2000, the series at the time, Bugs Bunny and Tweety Show, was canceled. That's all, folks. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Um but it was after Looney Tunes and Mary Melody's television rights became exclusive to Cartoon Network. Since there are so many characters in the world of Looney Tunes, do you guys do you guys think you have a favorite or like one that you remember watching a lot or It's weird. My siblings did. My brother Tim's favorite character was Yosemite Sam. Yeah. And Greg, it seemed like his favorite was Marvin the Martian. Oh, very good one. Yeah, that's That's another real popular one on merchandise now. Yeah, I remember that was something they had a lot of. Also, Tim, I think, liked the Tasmanian Devil. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I have a favorite. Do you have a favorite, Mars? I I don't think I do. I mean, I kind of always liked Tweety, but I also liked the Tasmanian Devil, too. Mm -hmm. I really like the I like Coyote and the mm-hmm. the Roadrunner. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite ones, like I, it's really hard to pick a character, but my favorite dynamic is that of Bugs and Daffy. Daffy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> both of them are very funny on their own because they both had their own episodes. Like mm-hmm. Daffy would sometimes mess with Porky Pig, or or he'd have his own show or whatever. But the two of them together has always been my favorite, especially the the classic where it's, is it duck season or is it rabbit, rabbit season? season. Yeah. And they're messing with Elmer Fudd and he's going hunting for one of them, but he doesn't know who to hunt because he doesn't know what season it is. <laughs> and there's that classic bit of them tearing the signs off the tree. Oh, it's rabbit season, duck season, rabbit season, duck season. <laughs> and then Bugs does yeah. the switcheroo where he says, it's rabbit season. It's and he's like, duck, duck, season. duck season, fire. <laughs> and then his bills backwards. You're despicable. Yeah. The, those have got to be some of my favorites of all time. But I also like uh, Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner. It's a classic. Yeah. Where like I always think, why are you still buying stuff from Acme, dude? Like right, right. Everything you buy from Acme to catch the Roadrunner breaks or fails or yeah. go backfires. Stop. <laughs> Stop buying from them, please. And it was Pepe Le Pew. Oh, yeah. Pepe too? Le Pew's a Looney Tunes. Oh, yeah. Pepe right. Le Pew is a great yeah. one. That I always liked well. That always made me feel so weird. It was such a... <laughs> that whole cartoon made me feel weird as a kid. I remember uh-huh. because I was... I was just... I felt so bad for the cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every time, you know, she'd like walk under a white fence or something, and then he just assumed she was a skunk. And yes, like, she has the stripe. Yeah, yeah. and it's like I I remember just yeah having a. <laughs> <laughs> but at least usually by the end of the episode, well, actually no, now that I think about, it, I was gonna I was gonna say that Peppy always gets his comeuppance or whatever he gets yeah. bonked on the head or something, and the cat gets away. But that's not always true. 
right. Dude, like, yeah. I remember now they do like a circle wipe and it'll stop right before it closes on his face and he'll give like a... Like he'll do wait, the eyebrows. Like the eyebrows oh. and then it'll close all the way. I'm like, no! Oh, no What's going to no, happen? No. No, she said no. You can't do that. <laughs> Don't. Just leave her alone. Yeah. <laughs> She's not interested. Yeah. W- whenever they bring Pepe Le Pew back, because there's <laughs> that, um, that more recent Looney Tunes show that was on for a little while. Whenever Pepe Le Pew appeared they didn't do any of that romance stuff he's yeah, just a, yeah. he had a french accent and he was a skunk uh-huh so that's funny i don't know have, have either of you seen any of that newer looney tunes show i don't believe so it's it's almost like a it's almost like a sitcom or a, or a reality kind of thing huh. where daffy and bugs are roommates <laughs> and like it's kind of an on and off thing where bugs and and lola bunny are are, are they dating or not I mean, all these weird things, and they're kind of like trying to make it, trying to make it in like Hollywood or just be, just yeah. make money or, you know. And I remember one where they, Daffy goes to audition to play Foghorn Leghorn <laughs> in oh. another movie. So there's all these chickens at the audition, and then yeah. Daffy shows up there, you know, dressed as a chicken, trying to audition to play Foghorn. And, and actually, They've normalized Lola Bunny a little bit too. Oh, nice! Because that's good. you remember her at Space Jam, right? Yes, I yeah. do. Everyone does. <laughs> that was her. That they brought her into Space Jam uh-huh. only because they For needed that. it yeah. or they wanted it. It yeah. doesn't. Whatever. She didn't exist until then, but they've kept her, and she's okay. She's normal. <laughs> okay. She's yeah, not overly good. sexualized, which is which is good. The way she talks almost acts like she's kind of a, a ditz or like a, a dummy. Mm. But really, but if you really pay attention to what she's doing, she's absolutely not. She's an evil mastermind. Uh-huh. <laughs> she, not evil, but she, she but knows exactly she what knows, she's doing. Yeah. And she is not, she's not ditzy at all. She just likes to play it off that way, I think. Right. So it's a really interesting take. I know it's not the same Saturday morning cartoon we're talking about right now, but Looney Tunes is such an iconic property. It'll be around forever. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, if they do anything else, I know they wanted to do another Space Jam with, with LeBron James. I think that's that's Greenland. I think that's happening. Oh well, wow! It's been it's been talked about for a minute, so yeah. I'll 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 believe it when I see it. <laughs> but here's the next one: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Heroes in a half shell. Turtle power. Yeah. I, I think this is why. Yeah, this isn't. I think this is what Marcy never got to watch. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this is one that it it says it was on from 87 to 90 and then 87 to 96, I think. Yeah, they the show was kind of in a weird flux where it was not really owned by anyone in particular. It was kind of shown everywhere. And then CBS kind of took it and was like, well, all right, we'll show it. Yeah. And then it kind of went with they changed the intro song, which was a mistake. But it was basically <laughs> the same show that aired a little bit longer, <laughs> which is why the dates are a little weird. But. Right. The initial motivation behind Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated series came from wanting to make toys based on the characters. However, because the comic book characters only had a small following, the company Playmates Toys was uneasy about moving forward. They requested that a television deal be acquired first, and after the initial five-episode series debuted, the toy company released their first series of Ninja Turtles action figures in 1988. So, thanks 
toy company? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> actually, I mean, that's pretty sweet. Like, uh-huh. yeah. because I, my brothers were really into this. Mm-hmm. And so I remember these toys. They were awesome. Yeah. Yeah. They had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles marble shooters. Mm-hmm. You put like a marble in its stomach and you press the back of it. It shot a marble across the room. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, stuff that they wouldn't. Yeah, I was about to say, that sounds dangerous. It is. It, yeah. <laughs> Something they'd say, you'll shoot your eye out mm-hmm. for. <laughs> yeah. They they had a lot of great toys. I know a lot of people remember the, the van that shot yes. um, that shot the the manhole covers out of the front. Uh, mm-hmm. they, it, they That was such a popular toy that they did it again with Michael Bay's movies. Yes. But, yeah. I mean, obviously not as cool. No. No, no, of no. course not. The show was in Saturday morning syndication from 1988 to 1989 and became an instant hit. The show was expanded to five days a week and aired weekday afternoons until 1991. Starting in 1990 with a different opening sequence, the show began its secondary run on CBS's Saturday morning lineup. The full series ran until 1996 when it aired its final episode. So sad. But then they... But the nice thing about the Ninja Turtles is they kept... They always come back. They always come back. They're never truly gone. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it. we we say, like, oh, stop rebooting stuff. But in this particular case, I don't know. <laughs> this is, in, this, in this case, it's fine. There's <laughs> a, I guess there's an exception to every rule, but I kind of like all the different iterations of Ninja Turtles. Right. There are some of them that are mm, hit or miss, but, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Looking at you, Michael Bay. <laughs> The show helped skyrocket the characters into the mainstream and became one of the most popular animated series in television history. By 1990, the cartoon series was being shown daily on more than 125 television stations, and the comic book sold 125,000 copies a month. And talk about 1990, I think that's when the first movie came out. Yes, the, 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 live, action. the live action one. Yeah, the first one, I believe, is just called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, mm-hmm. right? And the second one is Secret of the Ooze. Yep. But those those were great. Do you do you guys know there was another show in there just before or maybe just after the movies, but before the two thousand three cartoon, which was the edgy one. Do you guys remember the edgy one? <laughs> Had a like a rock and roll intro and it was like, Ooh, they <laughs> yeah. live underground, it's dark and scary. Anyway, there was another show in there where there was a live action it was a live action show. With, you know, less cool versions of the same suits from the movies, but they added a fifth one. Oh yeah! Do you remember this? They added it a fifth a, turtle. It was, was a girl. girl. Her name was Venus De Milo, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't that her name? That's right, because they're all, you know, Renaissance names. But she had like a lighter blue bandana, which, mm-hmm. which is all right, I guess. Um, a little close to Leo. But uh, and then they did a weird crossover with the Power Rangers. Do you remember this? Oh yeah. There was a like I don't remember if it was an episode of Ninja Turtles or an episode of Power Rangers that that had it in there. But they did. They did they face did a, off. They did. They faced off. But then, obviously, as you do when two heroes meet to fight each other, a third bigger villain comes. Yes, a bigger villain comes, and they must unite. Because mm-hmm. nobody wants to pick. Foe. Nobody wants to pick a winner. Yep. But uh, super weird. Mm-hmm. I loved the movies and I love the show. But yeah, the movies weren't able to bring in the really weird aspects of the show, like Krang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I 
can't tell you how much as a kid I loved Krang. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I loved him. He's so weird. But man, I just loved the the it's like a little squishy Yeah. Little squishy pink thing. You he's know? like chewed up gum. Yeah. 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 And he's like li- he he like lives inside this bigger like mis- yeah. person. Shredder one of the deals they had in order to defeat the turtles finally, Shredder built him that body. Yeah. Because otherwise Krang is just a lump of whatever. Yeah. <laughs> And he couldn't really get around or do anything, so he wanted a body. That's why Shredder and Krang always work together. Um, but, yeah, it's super weird. And you got, like, Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah. Those other mutants. And the the movies were like, mm. <laughs> we'll wait. We'll yeah, wait we'll, just, we'll just not. Let's not. But One weird aspect that I find interesting, specifically with the Saturday morning cartoon, the, the 90s show, was it was like the first one to happen right after the comic books but it immediately went very kid friendly with it you know it didn't try to be anything else yeah because the comic books are not that kid friendly they're actually pretty gritty yeah they're They're all in black and white it's almost like a sin city style it's you know yeah they're very strange it's raining a lot yeah. In the comic book, it's oh just like, gosh. you know. It's because they wanted toys. They want, So right? they were like, we have to make kid friendly because, you know, we want, kids are going to be the ones who want these toys. So. Right, right. And I, I don't, even now, like all of the cartoons that are Ninja Turtles, it's become a child's property. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, that, not to, it's not detrimental to it at all. I don't mean it like that. But it's just, all the shows are very lighthearted. The Shredder is a very easy villain to digest that krang is a weird alien it's not mm-hmm. too, it's not too hard because it's been done time and time again um only the 2000s version being a little mm-hmm. bit more serious but not even that much what's interesting is that it it stayed so popular and even at the dollar stores now i still see the like unbrand turtle back oh and yeah the nunchucks and yeah things like that mm-hmm. yeah of course they can't brand it but it's yeah it's obviously like, implying. that's obviously <laughs> yeah yeah you can still buy stuff that has these original versions yep or any version you want really um except for that weird animated tmnt movie from 2007 yeah the one we went to go to y- see the theater together yeah yep that one Seems to have been brushed under the rug mm-hmm. a little bit, which is sad because I thought it was I thought it was all right. Yeah, yeah. it was a pretty good movie. All right, we're gonna take a quick commercial break for the drink of the week, which is aptly named commercial break. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you you can enjoy it. It's uh, it's pretty delicious. It's uh, got some cereal in it. So, you know, for that Saturday morning time that you're going to be watching stuff. And you can find it on Patreon. Awesome. So, Thanks, for Mars. free. Right. Back yeah. to your regularly scheduled program now. Okay. So the last show on our list from the 1990s is Captain Planet. We try to think of shows that we should talk about from our childhood, and I feel like this one's really important because it was so popular. Incredibly. Yeah, yeah popular and constantly made fun of. <laughs> there, so many, there are so many times I can think of things 
TV shows Rugrats made fun of it. I believe the Fairly Odd Parents even made fun of it a little bit. Um, pretty much like any show that with our powers <laughs> combined. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Captain Planet and the Planeteers is an animated television program created by Ted Turner and Barbara Pyle that focuses on friendship and environmentalism. <laughs> what is, a combo. Yeah. It's like a, there was kind of a big push at this point. You know, this is when they started to, they wonder why, you know, all of us millennials care mm. so much about the planet. That's, this is it. This yeah. is the reason. Yeah. yeah, it's part of it. Shows like this yeah. and the Magic School Bus and yeah. Fern Gully. Yeah. Oh, know, yeah. All those things that showed us how important it is to yeah. take care of the environment. And then we had, we actually celebrated Earth Day. And we, we mm-hmm. and I remember mm-hmm. during school, we would go out and we would just have bags and just fill it with trash. Yep. <laughs> yep. Me and Marcy, our school was in a really bad neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So there was trash all over the playground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. <laughs> so it gave us something to do. It sure good, did. Good of you guys to take care of it. Yeah. Captain oh, Planet would be proud. Good, yes. <laughs> the show aired on TBS in 1990 and ran for two years, then came back under the title The New Adventures of Captain Planet. This version aired from 1993 to 1996. So even if it didn't last that long, yeah, everybody, everybody remembers it. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, unless you're not a 90s kid, then you don't remember. But. Yeah. Of course, only 90s kids remember the 90s. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, I guess this is only 90s kids should be listening to us right now. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pyle cites that the inspiration for the five planeteers came from real people that she met during the show's pre-production. <laughs> Which, I mean, I don't... It's hard to say whether or not these characters were like specifically chosen to make it seem like the whole world is involved right right because they're from like every corner of the world yeah but but if she met them through you know during pre-production then yeah i don't know maybe maybe they weren't just picked for that reason maybe they just it ended up that way yeah maybe i know man the show's intro theme was composed by tom worrell captain planet he's our hero gonna take pollution down to zero oh, yeah <laughs> i feel like it's like a slam poem I yeah mean, it, it, yeah <laughs> pollution you you suck <laughs> the show have may may have only lasted six years but the impact on, it had on society has lasted much longer the captain planet foundation cpf was founded in 1991 when series producer Barbara Pyle negotiated a percentage of the show's merchandising revenue to empower young people. That's a pretty great use of, so of that money. That's yeah. awesome because I know that they made a lot of money with merchandising. Oh, with heck show. yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. Which is which is really, you think about, you guys think about like how that's like really weird because the show's all about environmentalism. and Right. Um, imagine, mm-hmm. what do you think these this merchandise was packed in? It, it reminds <laughs> me, we, we talked about it in our Spongebob episode. Mm-hmm. Remember where Steve Hillenberg was not yes. into the idea of merchandise? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, it's kind of the same deal. I don't know if, I don't know if um, Pyle was not wanting merchandise at all, but, mm-hmm. you know, at least they do something I'm, nice with yeah, it. Yeah, I think it that, sh- that maybe her mindset was, you know, maybe we shouldn't do a lot of merchandising, but if we have to, how about we use that money to do something really special and important? Which is yeah. which is great. The yeah. the foundation is still active today. Yeah, that's awesome. Captain Planet was voiced by David Coburn. 
Kwame was voiced by LeVar Burton. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh. Wheeler was voiced by Joey Didio. Linka was voiced by Kath Susie. Hey, we all know who Kath Susie is. Yeah. You've heard that name before, mm-hmm. too. G was voiced by Janice Kawaye. And Mati was voiced by Scott Menville. What a nice. great bunch of names those are seriously <laughs> and with all of their powers combined they become captain planet <laughs> yes yes earth wind fire water water uh, heart heart <laughs> heart i guess poor mati the Hit, fifth element yeah <laughs> getting the getting the lame one even though it's the most important obviously nobody yes, nobody obviously. gets it it's pretty silly. And this over-the-top superhero who is, like, blue with green hair. <laughs> I don't I don't get it. To look like the Earth, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I never really clicked, but I guess that makes sense. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, 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 it hasn't aged super well. No. But, like we said, the, the impact it had was pretty pretty monumental that's pretty cool yeah so thanks saturday morning cartoons you you. you did a nice thing and i think we had a little bit a little list here marcy made up of some shows that honorable mentions yeah Yeah. just some ones that i watched a couple times you know liked them proud family right that was a disney that was like a primetime disney show yeah Yeah, that was big for a while it Mm -hmm. was yeah so that would air on one saturday mornings and Mm -hmm. stuff yeah little bear Oh my god! Yeah, it takes did, you back. Right? Did, you, did you ever have any Little Bear books? No, I, did. I think I might have gotten them from the library. Everyone, yeah, in a maybe while, you read one. Like, or something. I have them downstairs. I Adam, think if you want to borrow, they might oh, be. Nice. At, I might still have mine at my parents' house. I'll have to yeah. go check. But uh, yeah, I love Little yeah. Bear. Little Bear was the bomb. Yeah, I, I liked ones from books because I also liked Babar. Mm-hmm. This one I don't know. No, what's, Babar, what's Babar the elephant. Yeah, he was a. A king elephant, and he had children, and you just kind of learned lessons with him and his family, and interesting, very cute, yeah, very cute. And along with that, the Berenstain Bears. Ooh, there you go. Yeah, I think a lot of people remember that mm-hmm. one. <laughs> and a little fact about that one I found interesting was Michael Sarah voiced the brother bear. Aha! Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was kind of interesting. Not to be confused with Disney's brother bear. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and then this one, I think. Yeah, Adam I added. Sorry, I added this one at the last second. Voltron. Oh yeah. yeah. Yay. Voltron is so interesting. I remember because I have a, I have like a Power Rangers. I have a, a Megazord. Yeah. And people will see it and they'll say, "Is that a Voltron?" <laughs> and I'm like, "No, it's not." But Voltron's kind of. Kind of cool. Kind of the reason why Megazords are a thing. Yeah, Voltron yeah. came first, and then I think that that was my brother-in-law told me that once. He said mm-hmm. when Power Rangers first came out, I was just like, "This is just a lame version of Voltron." <laughs> so, luckily, Power Rangers kind of went off and yeah created its own thing. Uh-huh. And and but Voltron, I just wanted to mention it because I bet there are a lot of people who only know the the Netflix show. Yeah. Made by DreamWorks, oh, yeah. that mm-hmm. new Voltron, which isn't half bad. There's some voice actors in there that I really like, some from Avatar. And um, it's really good, but the original show started it all, and it was like 
pretty big deal. Spawned a lot of that very interesting, like sci-fi fantasy cartoons, kind of like a He-Man. Yeah. Or or Power Rangers got some of that in it too. So yeah, it's a cool mm, one. Awesome. So there we yeah. go. So thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Our 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 time has run out. It's Sunday now. <laughs> <laughs> Or whatever. It's, it's noon, noon on Saturday. Yeah, it's, it's time to go outside and play. Yeah, all yep. the cartoons are over, so you got to go outside now, mm-hmm. even though it's f- f- cold. <laughs> <laughs> but we appreciate you guys listening. Um, you could, if you please, follow us on Twitter at Black Case Diary. Check out our Instagram at Black Case Diaries Podcast. Posting lots of cool pics over there. Um, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Black Case Diaries. You can find Marcy's Drink of the Week over there for free. And some other really cool bits and pieces that um, are not free. But we would appreciate it if you would give us a little bit to help us out. Really, really supports the show. We get some new stuff um, to make it even better for you guys. So thank you very much. You can also listen to all of our old episodes um, at blackcasediaries.com. All right. Yeah. So thank you guys very much. See you next time. That's a case closed. Woo! Ooh, nice. I like that three. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Your powers combined, I am Captain Planet.